You're listening to The Hero of the Story, presented by The Gospel Project. The Hero of the Story helps you study and teach the story of redemption from all Scripture. Now join your hosts, Aaron Armstrong and Brian Dembozik. Hey, I'm Aaron Armstrong, brand manager of The Gospel Project. And I'm Brian Dembozik, the managing editor for The Gospel Project. Cool. And today we are talking about a very easy subject, a very a one that, you know, no pastor has ever struggled to teach at all. Their ever, favorite even one. one. It's their favorite one. It's the one that we have the highest attendance at. Yep. Um, it is the one where everyone's like, man, I can't wait for that that next series about this subject their inboxes are just they're flooded they're grateful emails that's for right. these sermons that's right you know what this one is what is it money money specifically generosity we are we are talking about one of the most talked about subjects in scripture mm-hmm. um it was one that it's a subject that Jesus himself devoted um, at least what's recorded in the New Testament, um, devoted roughly about a quarter of his time to, um, and with good reason, because um, it is it is one that is is probably the greatest struggle for us as believers. Yep. Uh, Martin Luther, the the German reformer, famously said that that every every person needs three conversions. The first is to the head. The second is to the heart. And the third is to the wallet. And we'll just pause for an ouch right there. Yeah, it hurts a little bit, um, but I mean the the reality is is that it's that it's kind of true. Well, it is because this is an issue that it, it's so personal for us. That's why there's you know we our tongues were firmly in our cheeks to start with. This is why pastors, for the most part, dread preaching on money, even yeah. though it's so it's so. F- common in scripture to deal with because they know they're going to get pushed back because this hits, this is how people, this is where you see really what you believe. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, it's, um, and I mean, generosity is a central, central issue to the gospel yes, itself. It is. It's a central issue to gospel culture as yep. well, which um, again, that is, that is the result of the gospel saturating our experience as a and, community. And this is an issue that will resonate with our culture. It's a signpost for the validity of the gospel. If we are generous as God's people, that will connect with people in our culture because they're used to looking at the church saying, man, you guys, look how much money you spend on yourselves. You build these huge buildings, you do these elaborate things. And, right. um, and meanwhile, we have people who are hungry over here. We have people who are food insecure and whatnot. And so this is one area where the, our, our world is, is pressing into us and saying, do you really believe what you say you believe? And let's evaluate you by how you're spending your money. Right. And I mean, there's a degree to which it's it's also tempting to go back and say, well, I could ask you the same question. But I mean, but I think it is one that is that is fair for us yeah. to be asking ourselves, especially because we do need we do need to wrestle with this. I mean, yes. I know that um, certainly for me, I've had I had a really challenging conversation when I was a brand new believer about this very issue. My my pastor at the time, he was he was very kind and very patient with with me in a lot of ways. And I appreciate that. And one of the things that we talked about as we we had lunch one day is at the time, my my wife and I, we were in a we were in a fair amount of debt because we were in our 20s. We had student loans. We had we were foolish with credit cards and stuff like that. We had just bought a house because that was a 
brilliant idea. Um, I'm not bashing home ownership. I'm bashing it for me personally. It was bad, 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 bad. Anyway, we talked, we were, we were talking about a strategy for how do we, how do we, how do we, how do we do this? How do we get, how do we get our finances under control? How do we take care of our debts? And so we had been hearing some teaching about, about giving and stuff like this just a little bit. I think we'd sat through like one sermon on it at that point. And the question that I had was, well, could we take the money that we would give and use it for getting rid of our debt? Because if we did that, and then he, and as soon as I said that, he said, I'm going to just stop you right there. <laughs> and I said, what? And he said, well, I already know you're not going to do it. And I'm like, well, why? what do you mean? Why? He said, well, because you used the word if. That's a giveaway. You're not going to do it. So, so don't do that. Do this instead. Learn how to give instead. And so I slowly learned how to give. Yeah. And, um, and I really struggled with it in and, many ways. You know, and I think that's a um, pretty common. I think most of us have to learn how to give. Mm-hmm. We have to learn how to be generous. It's very few. I, I'm sure there are some out there. Uh, but I think very few people, when they come to Christ, they, they instinctively are able to be very generous yeah. Um, and so I think for most of us, it is, it's a learning curve. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so um, there, you know, there are, there's a lot of different kinds of, there's a lot of different teaching in the church about this, but let's start before we get into any of that. Let's start with, with kind of one of those, those central passages of scripture. One of yeah. those ones that needs to define this conversation for us in so many ways. Yeah, and this is uh, from 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I'm going to be reading verses 6 through 9. And of course, this is not uh, an exhaustive uh, record of scriptures speaking to finances and money and so forth. But this this is a, a, a pretty central one that we'll recognize. So let me just kind of read it. And then we'll, we'll kind of talk about how churches kind of and pastors and leaders kind of form their opinions on giving off of this. Yeah, let's do it. So here it is. uh, And I'll be reading from the Christian Standard Bible. The point is this. The person who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and the person who sows generously will also reap generously. Each person should do as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or out of compulsion, since God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make every grace overflow to you so that in every way, always having everything you need, you may excel in every good work. As it is written, he distributed freely. He gave to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Mm. So, yeah, you know, I, I think as we think about the common views of giving in the church today, I think the first one that we see embedded in the middle of that one, and and I would be quick to say uh, of the three views we're going to kind of share today, this is the view that Aaron and I would both reject. Mm -hmm. We would say this is not one that we can have um, as, as gospel centered people. And as this, this, the idea of of giving just when you want to that that will look at this and say, well, look, it says that you shouldn't give reluctantly or out of compulsion because God loves a cheerful giver, and I only need to give when I'm cheerful about it. It's this kind of 
antinomianism against the law. Yeah. Um, hyper grace, if you will. This idea of the only time I need to give is when I feel like giving. So usually, of course, if you're putting that forward, and I don't know if many pastors put this forward, but I know church members feel this way quite sure. a bit. Well, I mean, and I mean, let's just let's take that approach and let's apply it to to a different area, like a different area of our faith. Let's just let's uh, because I've also seen this happen. Let's apply it to reading your Bible. Mm. So I, I only really, you know, I'm really only going to read my Bible when I, I my, when my heart is in it, when yeah. I, when I really want to, to, to read it, when I'm in a worshipful mood. It's like, well, here's the thing. You're not going to be in a worshipful mood as a, because what happened, like there are like certainly Brian, you know, I, I don't know if you've had this experience, but for me, I've had, I've had like long seasons where. Sometimes reading the Bible is just hard. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. And so it is, but I keep doing it. Well, and that's and the, the reason is, is because it's changing. Yeah. It is changing me. It's just, I can't see it. Well, we both, I mean, same experience. I, there have been seasons, sometimes prolonged, where it has been very challenging to be in the word. It's been very challenging to pray, practice the spiritual disciplines. Mm-hmm. But even as, you know, in ministry, in my time of ministry, I'd had this conversation quite a bit with people and I would always give them the same answer. Well, if, if you're having trouble wanting to read the God's word, then here's the solution. Read God's word. Yeah. Because that is the only thing that will get that going in you again. You can't be excited and motivated to read God's word apart from doing it. Right. So I think it's the same thing as we look at, at giving that, man, how often are you going to be really cheerful about giving? How often are you not going to be compelled? Even, you know, at the end of the year and the church says, hey, it's December. It's our annual end of the year giving campaign. We're going to be talking about missions. Man, it still is very difficult because you're looking at, man, how much did I just spend on Christmas gifts? Mm-hmm. So very seldom will this person actually have a heart that says, I want to give, which is why you see so many Christians who are not giving at all. So mm-hmm. again, to be clear, we would say of the three views we're going to present, and we'll move to the second one here and I'll yeah. let you present the next sure. one. This one is one that we would say is not supportable by scripture. We're, that scripture there, if you just base it on that alone, you're twisting and taking out of context many other, and you're forsaking many other passages that raise that bar and say, no, 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 it's not just giving when you want to. Yeah, exactly. And so that takes care of that, that first one. So, so hyper grace, give when you give only when you feel like it, um, that's reject that we just have to reject that because what scripture consistently teaches is that, um, giving is something that is regular. It's an ongoing discipline. It really is a discipline. Um, and so this, this actually leads us into the, the second approach that many Christians take, which is, um, you know, we, we, we label, label our giving as tithing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, you know, if your church uses envelopes, maybe they say tithes and offerings, that kind of thing. Um, this is the, we're going to take a literal 10% approach of, um, this portion of your income, whether it's your gross or net. And usually I mean, it would be the net that would be. Or usually argued. the gross. I mean, the gross. I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 the yeah, gross, yeah. I'm sorry. Usually the gross. Um, and then, um, you know, and then and then it goes from there. And um, there are some some folks teach this really, really well and really strongly. And it is a valid it is a valid yeah. view and approach. Yep. Um, it's one, again, that that. It has its risks for, you know, for 
being communicated maybe not so well, um, you know, because there are some pretty strong words about about giving in the Old Testament to like there's a there's a passage about robbing God yeah. in Malachi and um, it, and it can come across as as legalistic even if we yeah. don't have that thinking even if we don't desire it, we have to be very careful. That our people understand how, where's the, and we're going to talk about this in a second. Yes. Where's the gospel in this? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so this is actually the, and so that actually leads us to the, to the third view, which often gets referred to as really as first fruits, less so than, um, less so than, than strict tithing. And so what this says is that, um, we want like, at, that the gospel would suggest that you give the first and best of what of all that you have so that that does include your money that it, that's your money but it's not it's not exclusive of that um but you start with but i mean just for our conversation let's just limit it to to the dollars mm-hmm. so um you're th- so it's it's the it's something that you're doing consistently um some people do you when they when they hold this view they do start they use 10% as the starting yeah. point as opposed to an end point um but they they wouldn't necessarily say um but they they wouldn't necessarily be like uh, like hardline on on that and maybe this and maybe you're listening to this and you, and you might think that we're just kind of like we're parsing things a little bit too too finely um, some who hold this view would actually would actually take the interpretation of the Old Testament form of tithing that we see not actually being binding on New Covenant believers because of because of the structure of the nation of Israel yeah. itself. Um, genuine believers are, disagree agree and disagree on this point. Yeah, so, and, and um, I think that's and the, we're not making it and we're not saying. Either way, no, no, and, and well, I think we're saying of these three views, we we, we would reject that first one of, of just yes. giving whenever you want. We yes. we would say that although a lot of again a lot of people in the pews may want to hold that, uh, we cannot support that from scripture ourselves, no. and and we don't think many church leaders would hold that. No. So the two common views that are held, and we think both of these are valid. Both can be supported by scripture. Yep. You're not wrong for holding either. Yeah. Would either be a literal ten percent tithe, yep. and then the offerings would be in addition to that. So right. you're giving ten percent of your your gross, and then if you want to give additional, that's offerings. Right. Or the same kind of attitude, just taking those percentages off and saying, no, it's the first fruit. It's, right. It's and now that may be eight percent. That may be twenty percent. Right. Um, if you are a a very wealthy person, that thirty percent may be more in line with your first right. fruits. That may be equivalent to a ten percent for that person working a right. nine to five job, making hardly anything. So the the key with both of those then that we'd say both of those have value. Uh, both of those can be supported from scripture. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are not willing to say either one is right or wrong in that regard. So the question for either of these, and, and I think most people listening in would probably be able to identify themselves in one of those two. Sure. Um, where do we see the gospel in these? Either one or both of them, we can kind of roll them in together if needed for this part of the conversation. Sure. But where where do we see the gospel? How can we be gospel-centered people and avoid legalism in either case? Right. Well, I mean, really, it comes down to it comes down to the it comes down to the heart issue. So um, we need to be asking ourselves, why do we give it all? And that's where the gospel comes into this. Um, so when you look at um, when you look at the the passage that we just did, Second um, Corinthians nine six through nine, um, Paul doesn't um, 
Paul talks about this, and he, and this is in a larger context as well, where this is shown all throughout, that um, what he does is he comes back at the end and, and he reminds us of as he's as he's challenging the Corinthian church to give generously to the to the poor in um, in Jerusalem. Um, what he also says is, is he's like, don't forget what Christ has done yeah. for you. And that's the and that's the thing is, is that our motivation for giving, especially when, like in any capacity, is never uh, is never a tax break, is never um, is never to be appearances. It's always to be a response to what yeah. Christ has done for us, because what Jesus did was he gave all of himself for us and what he gives us is even greater. So he he sacrificed everything. He submitted himself and humbled himself to the point of death, even the most humiliating kind of death, which was death on the cross. On top of that, um by faith, what he gives us is his righteousness. Yep. He gives us his positional standing with God the Father, so that when God the Father looks at us, he doesn't see our sinfulness. He sees Christ's righteousness. And we're on not us. neutral. No. We're just not devoid of sin and yeah, neutral. We, exactly. We are fully obedient, fully righteous because we've been given Christ's right. righteousness. And then it still doesn't stop there nope. because what God does for us is not only does he give us Christ's righteousness, not only do, does he see us as positionally holy, he gives us his spirit. So God comes and lives within us as well and then makes us holy. Yeah. That is that is generosity, guys. So, I mean, this is a formula that, that we have shared some already uh, in different episodes. It's a formula we will consider sharing as we move forward because this is, this is at the core of what it means to be gospel-centered people, mm -hmm. that we always run everything of what we do through this lens of what has Christ done for us and what we're doing is a response to what he has done and who we are in him. And so this is so important that we see this in this area that when we are approaching uh, giving, we're talking about generosity, we start with that. We start with, this is what Christ has done. How can we be stingy? How can we uh, refuse to be generous. Why? There's something wrong in our hearts if we don't want to be. There's something wrong right. if we're not motivated to say, man, if that's how generous God was to me in Christ, how, how, I want to be as generous as I can with others. Right. There's something wrong if we're not moving in that direction. Again, as we said to begin with, this is a growth for all of us. Mm -hmm. So we may not be there yet and we may not always be there. We may struggle at times, especially right. when bills pile up and we start saying, ah, yeah. So, so we're moving, we're growing in this direction. But I think the other thing in terms of thinking about gospel centrality in our, in our generosity mm -hmm. is keeping in mind why, what we're giving toward. Yes. So why we're giving, but also we're not just mindlessly giving away. We're not putting money in a hole. We're not taking 10% and we're not putting it in a hole in the ground and saying, all right, there, I, I gave. Yeah. I'm doing without. I'm sacrificing because Christ sacrificed for me. Yeah. There's also this idea of, man, we should be wanting to invest in the kingdom work that our churches are part of. And if we're not excited about that, then we probably need to have a, a conversation with our pastor and our leadership yeah. and, 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 and say, man, help me, help me see the beauty of what what being part of this fellowship is all about. You know, I, my wife and I, where we worship, we are excited about what God is doing 
in our congregation, through our congregation, we're excited about the work, the kingdom work that we're part of. So we see giving as an, as an opportunity for us to invest mm-hmm. and to be part of these amazing things, these wondrous things that God is doing in us and through us as a people. Mm-hmm. Brian, thanks so much. That That is a great place for us to, to end on, I think, for today. This is... This is really a challenging topic, and um, it's one that, I mean, like anything, there's so many things that we could talk about again and again and again and again, but, you know, it is it is one of those things that as we as we wrap up, one of the things that we need to, to make sure that is really clear, as Brian said, is, is that when we are exploring not just a topic like this from a passage like 2 Corinthians, but really as we're seeking to apply any passage of Scripture in the New Testament especially, um, but this applies to the Old Testament as well, when we, when we are seeking to apply a command, it always starts with starts and ends with the gospel. So what has, what has Christ done? How does that shape me? And how does this further extend the mission of God yeah. in, in moving forward the gospel? So, um, guys, thanks for listening today. Uh, we, uh, we hope you're enjoying the show and, um, you know, shoot us an email. Let us, let us know what you, what you think. If you've got questions, if you got a topic or uh, a passage that you want us to, to explore together um, on, on the show, uh, email us at thegospelproject at lifeway.com. Send us a message on Facebook or Twitter. Facebook is facebook.com slash thegospelproject. Twitter is um, at gospel underscore project. Um, or you can even find it, or you can even uh, connect with us on Instagram, which is gospel project underscore, because we like to be complicated. <laughs> uh, so that's all for today, guys. Thanks very much. Thanks for listening to the Hero of the Story, presented by the Gospel Project a family of resources revealing how all scripture gives testimony to Jesus. Learn more at gospelproject.com.